Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Today, we come to a message that has to do with the attributes of God, particularly His righteousness, His holiness, and His glory. The message of Romans is how God's full salvation not only saves us from eternal perdition, but brings us all the way into his glorious expression. This is the gospel of God in Romans. And once again, it's our focus on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program that's provided by Living Stream Ministry. The Life Study of the Bible was a significant achievement of a faithful servant of Christ. Witness Lee devoted more than 20 years of his life to this book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible emphasizing life. We're pleased to bring you recorded portions of this ministry along with fellowship and some discussion of the major points of today's message. Francis Ball has joined us once again for another Life Study of Romans. And as always, Francis, it's good to see you. It's very good to be here in this Life Study of Romans particularly, Chris. We're kind of in the home stretch, Francis, Uh, about eight programs to go. We have a marvelous message today looking at some of the attributes of God, three particularly, and these involve us directly, and that those are his righteousness, his holiness, and his glory. I wonder if you'd give us a little background. Well, it's marvelous to consider the attributes of God. I think most people, when they think of God's attributes, they just consider God as love, God is kind, God is good, God is sovereign. This book of Romans is like a kind of building with a certain kind of structure. And the structure of this book is really of these three attributes of God, righteousness, holiness, and glory. The three attributes, of course, are eternal. After God created man, these were the attributes which God intended to display in man. They were all included, you might say, in the tree of life. If Adam had taken the tree of life instead of the tree of knowledge, he would have been partaking of God's righteousness, God's holiness, and even his glory. However, Adam took the tree of knowledge, which represented Satan, and he was constituted then with sin. Actually, our sins are opposite God's righteousness, and of course against God's holiness, and certainly don't express his glory. Immediately, therefore, when man was expelled from the garden and a certain kind of guard was set up around the tree of life, a flaming sword and cherubim to guard the way to the tree of life so that man in his sinful condition would not be able to take the tree of life. God's righteousness is demonstrated by the sword to kill the sinner. And God's holiness is demonstrated by the flame 
which is to burn us. And God's glory is demonstrated by the cherubim who keep an eye over us, demanding and charging. These are the three attributes of God which are the requirements which must be met in order for God to come into man and to be his life. Francis, this is marvelous. Normally, as you mentioned, the kind of attributes we typically think of of love and his mercy and his kindness are things that we do feel some appropriation of, I think. But when we get into these matters of God's righteousness and his holiness and his glory, I think our tendency is to think that they are so far detached from anything that we could really experience. But we're going to see today these very much concern us directly in God's salvation plan. I believe that's right. Let's join Witness Lee now with this marvelous life study. The dispensation of the triune God is according to something. Number one, and through something. And number two, and into something. Issuing, resulting in something. According to what? According to God's righteousness. According. Then through what? Through God's holiness. And then into what? Resulting in what? His glory. Four words are crucial. Dispensation, righteousness, holiness, and glory. Righteousness is the basic requirement of God. God's first requirement is righteousness. We all know that the Bible reveals to us a kind of a transaction between man and God. A kind of relationship between God and man. There's a kind of transaction. There's a kind of traffic. There's a kind of relationship. I tell you, if you do know the Bible, you could see this transaction, this communication, traffic, fellowship, relationship between God and man is always based upon what? Righteousness. Righteousness is the first requirement. And then following righteousness, you have the second requirement, that is holiness. Holiness. And following holiness, there is the third requirement. Very few people see this. And that is God's glory. Three divine attributes standing, even rising up in the whole universe and uh, keeping their eyes over us. What are these three things? Righteousness. Holiness. Glory. If you read Genesis 3 to the end, and that was the chapter of man's fall. Man became sinful. Right away, what came in? The cherubim came in, and the flaming sword came in to set up the entry to the tree of life. And these three things, the cherubim, the flame, and the sword signify exactly God's glory, God's holiness, and God's righteousness. 
for the communication between you and God, for the traffic between you and God, for the relationship between us and God, I tell you, three things must be fully taken care of. So, God's dispensation is according to his righteousness. And his righteousness required you and me to die. If you and I die, we perish. But God doesn't like to see we perish. So, he set up a substitute. That is his son, Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for you and me. According to God's righteousness, to fulfill God's requirement. Christ died on the cross to fulfill God's righteous requirement for the purpose that the righteous God may dispense himself into you. Here is a very, very simple illustration. You are a glass full of what? Dirt. Dirty. You are full of dirt. Could anyone <laughs> dispense some soft drink in such a dirty glass? No one would do this. If anyone would do this, that doesn't have anything to damage the soft drink. So before dispensing the drink into this glass, what is needed? You have to wash it. You have to cleanse it. This is why before God comes into us, he sent his son to become a man and to die upon the cross for us to shed his blood, to wash us and to cleanse us. Then we become a washed vessel, a washed glass to contain the divine soft drink. You see, our robes have been washed, so we have the way to come to the tree of life. So God's dispensation is according to his righteousness. Francis, though Witness Lee mentioned all three of these attributes in this first portion, let's focus on the first one, righteousness, God's righteousness. We had a marvelous message dealing with God's dispensing, and it showed up again here today, but specifically, what does it mean that his dispensing is according to righteousness? Well, this is quite a question because so many people have the concept that uh, since God is love and since Christ died for us and saved us, uh, we just think mostly in those terms and feel that he'll just come and do for us whatever we want him to do and whatever we need him to do to take care of us no matter what. But uh, that kind of thought absolutely ignores God's righteousness. God's righteousness is the very base for everything that he does. It requires his judgment on sinners to be carried out. It's not just that a loving father would receive us disregarding his righteousness. No, none of God's attributes nullifies any other attribute of God. Righteousness is a big item in the book of Romans, and that word occurs a good number of times especially in chapter 3, also chapter 5. And in chapter 1, we learn that righteousness gives power to the gospel. When we preach the gospel, we can do it with confidence that if people will really believe in the Lord Jesus, 
trusting Him alone for their salvation. They will be saved, and God is obligated to save them and keep them because of His righteousness. His righteousness was fully satisfied by the death of Christ. So based on this, He cleans us up. Sinners are forgiven, they're cleansed by the precious blood, and then they are made available for God to dispense Himself into them. But of course, God doesn't dispense Himself into a a dirty vessel. He cleans it up by His death and by His redemption, and then he, He is free to dispense Himself into that vessel. We do need that forgiveness. The righteousness of God demands that we be freed from our sin, which is against His righteousness, and be made right with God judicially. Then He can carry out His full salvation, of which righteousness is a very basic part. It's marvelous, Francis, to see this connection between God's righteousness that has accomplished this redemption, but for a purpose, not just for the sake of getting us to a state of being forgiven, but really, uh, as you pointed out, that we would be those vessels that he could dispense himself into. Let's go back to more of Witness Lee. You read this book. There is a key verse that says, righteousness unto sanctification. Righteousness eventually is an usher. And this usher, righteousness, ushers us to sanctification, to holiness. So Christ's death is for God's righteousness. And then Christ's resurrection is for God's holiness. And then what is God's holiness? Okay, let me say this. Righteousness is God's procedure. What is holiness? Holiness is God's nature. Nearly God's nature is just God himself. And God's righteous procedure could be kept by the death of Christ. But God's holy nature could never be imparted into us by his death. Then by what? By his resurrection. The resurrected Christ, the living Christ, comes into our being, imparting God's holy nature into us. This is holiness. To germinate us, to generate us, to sanctify us. We are here under the process of being sanctified. And the process is a person. And this person is the resurrected Christ. And this resurrected Christ is our sanctification. He is not only our holiness. He is the very action of holiness. And the action of holiness is sanctification. Holiness is just the element. And sanctification is the action of the element. It's the element in the action. You are not only under the process of holiness but you are under the process of sanctification. Resurrection is for sanctification. It will last until he comes back. Then you may ask me, when glorification begins? I have to tell you, it has begun already with the ascension of Christ and consummate with the coming back of Christ. 
this glorification begins with Christ's ascension. Christ's ascension is for glory. His death is for righteousness. His resurrection is for sanctification. And his ascension is for glory. Nothing can be so much for God's glory as Christ's ascension. Christ's death is for God's righteousness. Christ's resurrection is for God's sanctification. And Christ's ascension is for God's glory. But the ascension of Christ didn't consummate God's glory. The consummation of God's glory will be the coming back of Christ. When Christ comes back, his second coming will consummate the glorification of God within all his saints. Francis, if we look at the second of the three of today's topics, holiness, it's interesting to me that the death of Christ fully satisfied God's righteousness, but his death could never impart God's holiness to us or into us. How is that, Francis? Well, his righteousness is satisfied by the death of Christ because Christ took away sin by his death. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. But Chris, this question that you ask opens a way to consider the shortage in much of today's teaching among Christians about God's salvation. I don't say that what is taught is necessarily wrong, but I do say that it is short of the revelation of God's complete salvation. And this matter of holiness is one area where there's been a lot of misstep. I have many Christian friends that have not been helped to go beyond just the matter of redemption by the blood of Christ in their realization and appreciation of their salvation. They do love the Lord Jesus, and they are thankful for the salvation they have regarding forgiveness of sins and so on, but they are not so aware of the requirement of God's holiness. This requires us to have the very nature of God himself imparted into us. Holiness is God's nature. We cannot be holy by our effort, by our religious activity, but we have to have a very holy element imparted into us. That means that God redeemed us to make us fit vessels to come into, and now he puts his life, his holy life, his holy nature into us by dispensing himself. Brother Lee pointed out that righteousness is the way God does things. That is, that's his procedure. But holiness is God's nature, which is imparted into us by dispensing himself into us as life. To gain us for himself, Christ not only died for us on the cross, but he also rose from the dead to be the life-giving spirit to dispense what God is into us. The very resurrected Christ is the one who is being dispensed into us, making us holy. When the Bible says, you shall be holy even as your Father is holy, it means that he is constantly dispensing his very nature into us, bit by bit, day by day. His nature is holy, and as he dispenses himself into us through our opening up to him, we receive the sanctifying effect of this dispensing. This is the way he works in us 
as soon as we are redeemed and we begin to experience His righteousness, we are being dispensed into making us holy in life so that it is Christ who lives in us until He comes back. Marvelous. Francis, we've seen something of God's righteousness in his relationship to us and now his holiness. We still have glory yet to go. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. We all have to see we are in his ascension. That means what? We are in his glory. But this is too objective. We need this subjective experience. That is what? Hallelujah. I have been crucified with Christ. This is righteousness. Now, it is no more I, but Christ lives in me. What is this? Holiness. This holiness. This holiness. The triune God is fully dispensed into my being. Then, the result is God. Unto glory. According to righteousness, through holiness, unto glory. Here is not only righteousness, not only holiness, but glory. I tell you, this is the book of Romans. For years, the church has never touched this depth. In Romans, for Christ died for us. In Romans 6, we died in Christ. And that is according to God's righteousness. And that is for God's righteousness. From chapter 6 to chapter 8, we are being sanctified. Why? Because the resurrected Christ is in me. Living acting, moving, and working. And this is to sanctify us. Firstly, it germinates us. Secondly, it generates us. And now it is sanctifying us, including transforming and conforming. And at the same time, this results, this issues in a kind of glory. So you have what? You have Justification subjectively, and you have also sanctification more subjectively, resulting in even today glorification. And what is glorification? That is God expressed from within us. Glory is God's expression. Just like righteousness is God's procedure, and holiness is God's nature, and glory is God's expression. And God's ultimate goal is to express himself through the body of Christ. I tell you, when the full expression of the body of Christ comes, that is the glorification. That is the glorification. That is what revealed in Romans 8. The whole universe is expecting to see this glorification, to enter into the freedom of this glorification in which or by which or which ways God will be fully expressed 
This is Romans. And this is the dispensation of the triune God according to his righteousness, through his holiness, into, I say this strongly, into, resulting in, issuing in his glory. And this is all together for his glorious expression. Francis, I loved this short summary near the end of today's message that Christ's death was for God's righteousness and his resurrection was for his holiness and his ascension was for glory. But Francis, the final consummation of God's glory will not occur until Christ returns. Say something more about this. Well, when Christ was crucified, that was a marvelous accomplishment for our justification and to satisfy God's righteousness. And when he resurrected, he became the life-giving spirit. And actually, that was a, a glory. His resurrection was entering into a glory. But his ascension as Jesus Christ, the God-man in resurrection, when he ascended, he was glorified that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. And also, that glory has been going on for all these centuries since he ascended. And that glory is being uh, imparted, I would say, to us by his holy nature. The more we're sanctified, the more we enter into glory. So it's from glory to glory. We are receiving the glory that Christ has. But to say that we are in glory right now, that's a little bit too objective. That really doesn't give us the expression, even though that's true, doctrinally, experientially, and the actual glorifying of us will not transpire in full until the Lord comes back. But we have to remember that this is something going on bit by bit. It's not like suddenly we're going to be transferred out of a sinful condition into a glorious position. But it's bit by bit His glory is being infused into us by making us holy. He will glorify us, and when He comes back, we will share in His glory for eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would echo your hallelujah, Francis. Thank you very much for your fellowship today. I really enjoyed this life study. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back with another life study from the Book of Romans with Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs consist of excerpts from Witness Lee's spoken ministry, along with our discussion and comments, and all focusing on God's heart's desire that we would enjoy Christ as the divine life for man. These Life Study messages show us that every book of the Bible reveal that enjoying Him in this way will bring us to the goal of our salvation. There are more than 1,700 programs like this one available online free of charge that you can download, stream live, or add to your podcast subscription. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. That's lsmradio.com. You can also reach us by email, radio at lsm.org. 
Thanks for listening today.